Go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 19 this morning. Matthew chapter 19. And we'll start reading in verse 3. We're going to preach at the Father's today. And uh, it's, it's Father's Day, and so one of them is especially for the men. And I tell you, uh, we, boy, we need fathers fulfill, stepping up and fulfilling their roles. And thank God for good mothers. And I think in our American culture today, um, you know, I'm very thankful for the mothers. The mothers, I think, are doing a lot, you know, as a whole, are doing a much better job than the fathers are. We got a lot of mothers out there doing the role of the father many times in many ways because there's just a lot of deadbeat dads out there. And you know, truth is that you know there's a lot I mean, there's a lot of guys they've helped bring children into the world, but they have done nothing when it comes to what it actually means to be a father. And I think that's really sad. You know, ladies either way, they gotta carry that baby for nine months. They've got to deliver that baby and um, there's just something about moms that just seem to naturally do a better job of fulfilling their role. And it's just sad, though, how many dads are able to just walk away from their kids, uh, have nothing to do with them, not provide. And, uh, you know, I'm not impressed with that one bit. I've got nothing good to say about people like that. And what I, want to, I want to look at the Bible today and just look at the role of a father. You know, being a father is a lot more, I think we all know this, than just Getting a woman pregnant, okay, and bringing a kid into the world—that's uh, that's nothing. There is a lot more to it than just that. But let's—I want us to start reading in Matthew chapter 19, verse three. It says the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Talking about divorce. Can a guy get divorced for whatever he wants? Can he put away his wife whenever he wants? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read? That which He made them at the beginning made them male and female. And said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. You're not two anymore. You are one as a married couple. And it says, What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. They say unto Him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and put her away? This I love you know, when you look at the questions the Pharisees would bring to Jesus because they think it was like they knew that divorce is not a good thing, but it was in the law. They, there was a bill of divorcement in the law, so let's go ask him what he thinks about divorce. If he speaks against divorce, we can accuse him of being against the law of God. But if he speaks in favor of divorce, well, then we can, you know, accuse him of being immoral, I guess you could say. And, of course, Jesus, he never fell for any of their tricks. And he saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her that is put away, doth commit adultery." His disciples say unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. Alright, so basically what's just happened here is Jesus told him what he really thinks about divorce. He said, Moses allowed you a bill of divorcement because of the hardness of your heart. There are some laws that we see that are in the Old Testament that aren't necessarily 
what God wanted. But understand, when He gave them that law, the children of Israel were very wicked. They were very hard-hearted people. And there were things that He allowed even though He didn't necessarily approve of them. Okay, As parents before, there's probably been times where you allowed your children to do things that you didn't want them to do, maybe so they could learn a lesson. You know, I don't know if you've ever done that before. You let them, all right, let's, you know what? Go ahead and let them do it. They're going to have to get hurt and they're going to have to find out for themselves. And God kind of did that, but He was never for it. He said, hey, in the beginning, God made one man and one woman. He joined them together. They're not supposed to put them away. And He says in there, save for the cause of fornication. And that passage is very often misinterpreted. People will say, basically say, well, that's talking about adultery. If your spouse commits adultery, then you're allowed to put them away. But no, if you go back and look in Deuteronomy chapter 24, it explains what that's talking about. If a person, if a man married a woman and it turned out that she was not a virgin, that she had committed fornication, that's what unmarried people do. They commit fornication. Married people commit adultery. And in that situation... If the man found out she was not a virgin, he was allowed to divorce her at that time. And so, people all the time, they'll say, oh, I have grounds for divorce because of this, because of that. And they'll try to use that verse and it's a misinterpretation. And that's not what we're talking about. But notice how his disciples said, you know, if the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. Are we just better off not getting married then? It's like they're disappointed to find out that Jesus doesn't want them getting divorced just whenever they want. That they weren't able to just put away their wife because, you know, they got tired of her or she made them mad or she, you know, burnt dinner or something like that. You know, God's made it very, Jesus made it very clear, hey, when you get married, God wants you to stay married. He wants you to, and, you know, a lot of guys these days, things haven't changed much. It's like, you know, they just, they look for an excuse to get out of everything, to get out of marriage, to get out of, being a father and fulfilling their role as a father. And that is a shame. That is not what God wants. And you'll also see in this passage that Jesus said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother. And he was talking specifically that cause was marriage. Okay, To get married and to have a family. And one thing that we all need to understand that, uh, that society needs to go back to teaching this to young men, and they're probably not going to do it, but I'm going to teach it to my boys. I'm going to teach it to the young men here at the church. Part of your role as a father, if you want to be a father, and I don't blame you for wanting to be a father. I don't blame you for wanting to have your own children and uh, pass, you know, your, you want your name to be carried on. But I do believe it is our, one of our roles as a man as a father, is to go start a family. Not to to go get a girl pregnant, but to start a family, to find a wife and to marry her and stay with her. Go start a family. Go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. This is where we see the beginnings of everything, how it all started out. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, it says, God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. He said, be fruitful and multiply. God wants us to reproduce. God wants us to have children. But understand that having children is something that should only be done inside the bonds of marriage. Not outside at all. It needs to be done inside if... you know. Young men, if you want to have kids, 
you need to go find a wife first. And you need to marry her first. And I know this is backwards today. I know this is not what is being taught, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, the Bible still applies. It is good for a man not to touch a woman, but to avoid fornication. Alright? Because you know what? It is perfectly natural and normal for boys and girls, for men and women to be attracted to each other. That is perfectly normal. But the Bible says to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Okay? And let me tell you, you are not manly if you go and you have your way with a girl and you, just because you're such a hunk or you're something so great, you know, that's not manly at all. I mean, I know some of the biggest sleazeballs that have girlfriends. I mean, it's no great accomplishment. You have nothing to be proud of just because, and I, got, I want to be careful, we have kids here today, but just because a girl likes you. And you have your way with the girl. There's nothing manly about that. You've not fulfilled anything. You need to marry her first. And I, I know it's 2016, but I don't care. It still applies. It is good for a man not to touch a woman, to avoid fornication. Let every man have his own wife. And then you, after you get married, have fun and then be fruitful and multiply. Genesis chapter 2, verse 20. It says, And Adam gave names to all the cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. I want you to notice something that God did before God gave Adam a wife. You know what God did? He gave him a job to do. God had him name all of the animals on the earth. Before He gave him a wife, He gave him a job. And you know what? Before you guys should get a girl before you should get a wife, you should get a job. Uh, you should go and get a job, go to work, accomplish something, make sure you are ready to provide for that wife. I've, I have come across so many guys that are out there that literally do nothing except get the girl pregnant while and she works and provides. She works a job. I have known couples where the not the wife, the girlfriend works a job while the guy's job is pretty much to sit at home and play video games. And then she has the children. And I'm telling you, you know, we, we live in a day and age where supposedly women are breaking all these glass ceilings where supposedly we're so much better to women today than we ever were. I mean, we might even elect a female president. But let me tell you something. There was, a, there was a time when women had some value to themselves, when they had some self-worth, and there was no way they were going to let some deadbeat bum lay around and do nothing, get them pregnant while they provide for the family. But women today, thanks to feminism, they have such a low self-esteem. They have such a low self-worth that they will get themselves in these positions. And I say, thanks a lot, feminism. That's what they've accomplished for women today. You wouldn't have seen that. 50 years ago, 100 years ago. You wouldn't have seen that. Okay, yeah, maybe they weren't able to vote 100 years ago. 
All right, fine, that wasn't fair. But let me tell you, their women are treated so much worse today than they ever were. And they think because we've told them they can vote and you know they are in Congress and running for president, we've accomplished things. Let me tell you, we are accomplishing nothing for women these days. They are more devalued than ever. And any guy that will do that to a woman, I'm telling you, he ought to be taken out and he ought to be putting stocks in the middle of town like they used to do where they put their head and arm through those things and people come by and they throw tomatoes at them. You say, that's cruel. Let me tell you, what he's doing to that woman is way more cruel than that. And that's too good for him if you ask me. That's just not right. And let me tell you, I, I know this might, this, this might, this is really basic stuff, but this is not happening today. There are guys going out and marrying girls and they don't even have a job. Or they're not even, they're not, and they're not even marrying them. They are basically getting all of the benefits, I guess you could say, of marriage while they have none of the responsibilities. They're not working. They're not providing. They have not committed to her. I mean, they haven't even gotten her a stinking engagement ring. And women, let them. And let me tell you something. You know, shame on society. Shame on the fathers that have given their daughters such a low self-worth. We have devalued them so much that they would let a guy do that. I hope as a father... I mean, you saw my girls up here. They're, they're more valuable to me than anything you can imagine. I hope... I do a good enough job as a father to understand that, to teach them that they have some worth, that they have some value, and some punk that comes along isn't going to be able to sweet talk them into giving themselves to that guy for nothing. They have too much value. My girls are too good for that. They're too valuable for that. And I hope I can get that in their heads so that'll never happen. Some punk comes along and tries to proposition them, they will laugh in his face and be like, You haven't got a chance. You low-life, scumbag, bum, go get a job, go get a haircut, start dressing like a man, and go accomplish something, and then go talk to my dad and see if you can pass his test. Boy, it used to be that way, folks. It used to be that way, and it is not anymore. And I'm telling you, guys, if you want a girl, I'm glad. Especially these days, with some of the things that guys are getting attracted to, it's pretty disturbing what's going on with our men today. But it is. It is a role of a father. You, if you want to be a father, you need to go start a family. You need to go get a job. You need to find a wife and then start your family. It's mainly to move out of mommy and daddy's house. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother. You do that so you can leave, go start your own family. We ought to have children. Hey, and you know what? The more the merrier. Psalms 127, verse 3 through 5. Look, Turn over there real quick. Psalms 127, verse 3 and 5. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hand of the mighty men, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Right there we see it. Children are a blessing. You know, just yesterday, it was funny, uh, somebody had asked, or I, I forgot, we were doing something out here, and we needed something done. Oh, we, needed, we just needed a garbage can brought up. Somebody asked if we have a garbage can. And I said, yeah, I'll get it. I was like, Tommy, go get a garbage can. And, you know, and I got it done through my children. You know, and they were kind of laughing. I was like, yeah, that's great. one of the great things about being a dad. I learned that from Brother Manez. He used to do that all the time with his boys when they were still at home. You're like, yeah, we got it. Samuel, Daniel. <laughs> and he'd put them to work. And you know what? That's fine. That's great. And, 
you know, there is a power that comes with that. I mean, there you can accomplish more. You know, when you have children, there's things that you can get done. You know, back in the farming days, you could accomplish a whole lot more. And you know, it is having kids. It is. It's. It's something that you can be proud of. It's something that should make you happy. You know, just say, I, I, it is, it's hard these days raising kids. I mean, I'll, I'm just going to admit it. Sometimes I do. I get scared at how, you know, kids are turning out, even that come from Christian homes. When I see all, I mean, when I look at kids that are a little older than mine, a lot of times, and the way they're turning out, I mean, it does it. It really disturbs me. It's like I, I see these girly boys out there, and I'm like, man, I can't let that happen to my boys. I am not. I am not going to raise a girly boy. I'm not going to wear some little skinny dream, you know, skinny jean wearing punk that you know that has. I don't know. I got to be careful, but you know, yeah. I don't want my kids, my boys, turning out that way. I see some of these manly girls that are out there that. You know, could probably beat up most of the boys that are out there today, and it's like, ah, man, I don't want my daughters turning out like that. I don't, I don't want that happening. And it is, it's challenging, it's scary, but you know what? We're we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna get it done. I mean, I mean, it, we've one of the big sacrifices we've had to do to make sure my kids don't turn out like a bunch of. I don't want to be politically incorrect, you know, in, in church on Sunday morning, but. Fruits. Alright, I don't want I don't want them turning out like that. We don't have regular TV in our house. There's a lot of stuff out there I'd like to watch, but when I see the way they are pushing this homosexual agenda, it makes me sick. It's disgusting. And it's working. It is working. They are recruiting like you wouldn't believe. They are turning and they are corrupting and warping the minds of our young people, and I don't want that to happen to my kids. Just the commercials. That are on TV, whatever on places, and, and you know, and I see the commercials and things that are on there, and the way this stuff is pushed, it makes me sick. I don't want these things to seem normal to my kids. We're seeing more. There's more and more commercials that are out there that you know they always are showing you know all the different families and people, and we're seeing more and more where they're showing the two mommies and the two daddies, and I don't want that being normal to my kids. I don't want them. I don't want them getting used to that. I don't want them becoming desensitized to that they have, having all these little, you know, hipster girly men that are on there. I don't want my boys seeing those things and being drawn to that. Thank God, my boys have never come and asked, you know, Dad, can I buy some skinny jeans? I think I think they know better, but I don't think they want them. I think I've I've helped them grow a hatred for that type of stuff, and I, I want to keep it up. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad they like manly things. You know, I there's this you, every once in a while. There's this big thing. You know, go across the internet where they're they'll criticize places like Walmart and stuff because of the way they use pink to attract the girls to things, and you know, blue and camo and stuff to attract the boys. And that's just not right because what if a boy likes pink and what if a girl likes camo? And it's like. I'm all for that. <laughs> and I've I've purposefully tried to get my kids, you know, to like those things. And I and we'll you know, my kids since they've been little, they'll see something in the store and if one if the girls said something about it, I'll say that's for boys and if it's something that's for my boys said about the girls, that's for girls. I teach them that stuff. If my one of my boys ever would have asked, Dad, can I get a Barbie doll? I would have told him, Nope. Drop and give me twenty. 
And that's exactly what I would have done. And I did that type of thing. And you might think that you're a terrible parent. Well, I don't care. I'm not raising what's being raised today. It's disgusting. It's sickening. And I don't want it happening in my house. I'm a father. Okay? And I'm supposed to... I'm trying to raise men in a sissified society where the role of a father is being attacked and we've got to do something about it. And and having children... It is. It is challenging, okay, with all the creepy boys that are out there. And, I mean, there's going to be the creepies that are going to come along. And they're going to want my daughters. It's challenging. And, unfortunately, these days, you don't get to just shoot people whenever whenever they come after your daughters. I wish I could. But uh, I don't want to go to prison. I can't protect them very good from prison. But I'm going to... I've got to work a little harder to make sure I teach them the right way, that I give them that value. Back in the old days, the dad didn't have to do much. If the guy came along and got out of line, he could. He could shoot him and get away with it. I can't. I've got to work even harder today. But you know what? I'm glad, I'm glad I've had these kids. And we're going to overcome those challenges. And we're going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to do my job even in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. We need to provide for our family. First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8, well-known passage of Scripture. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Okay? I can't believe how many dads are out there and it doesn't bother them if their kids don't have enough food to eat, if they don't have clothes to wear, if they don't have the things that they need. And they will, they'll put it all on the mom. I, I just I don't understand that, and I don't want to. So I want to be careful with the subject matter, but I'm very disturbed. I've got a huge problem with this. These donors that are out there that help women get pregnant. I, I think that is just flat out wrong. I think that that is wicked. A lot of them are doing that so lesbians and stuff can have kids. That is so wicked. I cannot imagine a child that came from me that is a part of me just not caring who their parent is. Not caring who's raised them. I'm t- if it's my kid, I want them in my house. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to make sure they are raised right. And I'm especially not going to help some perverts get pregnant. And I, I, don't, I don't get that. There's just there's something... I mean, it's my child. I want to take care of them, but these days people don't care. I don't they they don't care. They're trying to figure out how they can get out of it. They have to be taken to court many times and be forced to provide for their children. They have to have their money taken from their check because they won't do it themselves. That is sad. Listen, part of being a father is providing for your children. And there's a lot of guys out there today that are going to be celebrating Father's Day. They're going to be getting cards from their kids on Father's Day. They're going to be being told Happy Father's Day because they have brought children into the world. But that's about it. They're not married to their moms. They're not living with those kids. They're not providing for those kids. They're not doing any of those. They're not training them. They're not teaching them. they left it all to the public school. And if you leave it all to the public school, there's a real good chance your kid's going to turn out to be a pervert with the things they're teaching today. You have got to... Do it yourself. You have got to train them, and you've got to have the guts to, if, if your kids are in the public school, to be able to tell your kids, "Hey, your school is wrong." 
And you know what? They can try to teach you that, but we know that this is the truth. And you know what? Go answer their questions the way you want so you can pass their test, but you know what the truth is. Teach them that. And if you have to, pull them out of there to, uh, if, if that's what it takes. But fulfill your role as leader of the home. Okay, If you're a father, hey, if, if you're the... You're a man. You are supposed to be the leader of the home. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body, therefore as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. Right here we see... That God has, He's the one that created the family. He is the one that created the family structure. And it is supposed to be that the husband is the head of the home, that the wife is in submission to the husband. But you know, many women today are running the home. And you know what? I am not picking on the women for that. I've got a theory. My wife, we've argued about this many times, okay? But I have a theory that every woman, would run the home and boss her husband around if the husband let them. That's my theory. She's like, no, I'm submissive because I want to be submissive. And I was like, no, you're submissive because I'm a powerful leader and you know you can't get away with nothing. <laughs> but, uh, but at the same time, listen, if, if there is a wife that's out there that's running her husband and telling him what to do, I'm not picking on the wife. Okay? Many times they feel like they have to because the husband's not leading the husband's there. He shows up. He's in the house, but he doesn't lead. He won't make decisions. He, he is not responsible. He's not doing the things that he's supposed to do. And you know what? Women, they're, about, they're, you know, they're more about security. They want to have that security and feel protected. And if the husband just won't do it, you know what? Women tend to step up and fulfill what needs to be fulfilled. And it's not the woman's fault. It's the man's fault for being a pansy. It's the man's fault for being a wimp. It's the man's fault for not doing his job. Everything rises and falls on leadership. You know, the buck's got to stop somewhere. And God made the man the leader of the home. And if things are out of whack in your home, men, stop blaming the wife. You know, it's probably your fault because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You are just not being a leader. And it's time to step up. It's trying to do what you're supposed to do. I love blaming my wife for things. Okay, I can't help it. I got it from Adam. Adam was the first one to do it. He blamed his wife Eve. He, she ate of that fruit. She got him to eat the fruit. He blamed her. I do it because of my great-great-great-great-granddad, and I can't help it. But you know what? When Adam made that excuse to God, it didn't hold water. God didn't say, oh, I'm sorry, Adam. In fact, you know what God did say? Because you listened to your wife, because you hearkened unto her voice, cursed is the ground for thy sake. And we're going to cover that here in a little bit. So understand, though, men, you don't get to, you don't get to blame your wife for this stuff, okay? And I'll, I'll probably, you know, my wife's like, you blame me? For, I, I, I do. I can't help it. All right. But at the same time, I'm preaching right now. I got to tell the truth. It doesn't count, okay? <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to blame your wife, and it mean anything. But when, you know, women today they are they're becoming more manly. But it's because men are becoming more effeminate. I mean, it's sad what some women have to do to make sure their families get fed. Okay? Why are they doing it? Because women, they're very protective. Okay? And you would think 
that instinct would kick in with the guy and he would go and he would get it done. He would make it happen. But it's just not... It's, there's just so many... Man, I'm telling you, I, I don't know if it's something in the water or something in the food that's making men like they are today, but I, I really don't get it. Maybe it's these vaccines or something. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It, just, it blows my mind. It's like, you know, how... Is there no male pride anymore? I mean, it's... As a man, there's just some things that I can't let happen. That I'm not. I, that, I mean, there's. I'm a man. I there's motivations that we have, and I just don't get it. But you know what? Men need it. You need to fulfill your role as leader of the home. You need to fulfill your role as the protector in the home. We see here in verse First uh, Peter chapter three verse seven. It says, "Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them." Talking about their wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together, the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. The wife is the weaker vessel. Now I know what you're thinking. Oh, I know lots of wives that could beat up their husbands. That's a problem, folks. All right? And once again, guys are becoming more effeminate and women are becoming more manly. That, that's not right. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Men are supposed to be the protectors of the home. And the Bible says to give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And we saw before in Ephesians where God said that the husband is the head of the home. And I always ask the question, if the husband is the head of the home, then what is the wife? And we can answer that question in the next verse. It says, Jesus Christ, He is the head of the church and He is the Savior of the body. Okay, Jesus Christ is the one that's supposed to be in charge of our church. Okay, how do we know the mind of Christ? We have His Word. We have the Bible. Okay, but we are the body, aren't we? Jesus Christ is not physically here, but we are the church as the people. We are the body. And when it comes to the husband and wife relationship, the husband is the head in the sense he's the authority. He's the mind, I guess you could say, but the wife is the actual body. And the one way we can look that when you're thinking about your wife, Okay, think about your mind and your own body. How many before have you know? Maybe you men, you saw yourself, you know, running a marathon. Oh, I can do this. Maybe you tried. Maybe you tried to just run a 5K. Oh, I can do this. And you saw in your mind, I'm going to run a 5K and I'm going to run it in you know under 20 minutes. And then you go and you try, and it doesn't happen. You know, how many men have ever gone for it? You saw yourself. Your mind saw yourself slam dunking a basketball. But then you went and you tried to slam dunk that basketball and your body said, no, it's not going to happen. Okay? And how, Or you men, you know, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to work this much. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to you know, chop all this firewood. And your mind saw you doing all these big things, but your body said, I can't do that much. And the truth is, you have, your mind and your body kind of have to work together, don't they? Many times we see ourselves accomplishing so much, but our body just can't do it. We get tired. We get wore out. And sometimes husband is the head of the home. They don't dwell with their wives according to knowledge. They don't honor them as the weaker vessel. And they expect them to do things they just physically cannot do. And let me tell you, that's not being a good husband right there. You see, our mind is stronger than our flesh. Remember when the disciples kept falling asleep when Jesus told them to watch and pray? And Jesus said, the Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. When Jesus told His disciples, hey, go watch and pray for an hour, we can do that. We can pray for an hour. 
They, they intended to pray for an hour, but you know what? Their body got tired and they fell asleep. And they kept falling asleep. And there's a lesson that we can learn there. There's many things that we think that we can do, we intend to do, but our flesh fails us because our flesh is weaker than our spirit. You can hear, you can hear a, you know, some preaching on being a strong Christian. You're thinking, man, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be the strongest Christian. I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to change this world for Christ. And you go out there and you get in the flesh real fast and, uh, you know, I don't feel like it. You hear a message on Bible reading. Oh, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to read through my Bible twice this year. But the flesh kicks in and you only get halfway through. Why? The Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Our minds can see us doing all kinds of things sometimes that our flesh can't do. And the truth is, the wife, she is the weaker vessel. And husbands, you're going to have to make sure you take care of your wife. That you don't put more on her than she can handle. That you protect her. If somebody breaks in your house, don't send your wife out to fight the burglar. You, know, you go out and fight the burglar. All right? That's the way it ought to be done. You all heard the story, that terrible story about the little toddler that got grabbed by that alligator. And I heard in that story that the dad jumped in and fought the alligator. Who fights an alligator? A father? A protector? I guarantee if that if that alligator didn't have his kid and he saw that alligator, he'd have ran. I promise you that's what I would do. But I like to think that if one of my children was being attacked by an alligator, I'd fight an alligator. I like to think that I would do that. I like to think that I would take a bullet for my family. Why? Because that's just what a man does. That is what a father does. Whatever happened to women and children first? That's not, not in our society today. Men... Cowards, effeminate. It's 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 terrible. Fulfill your role. You know, dwell with them according to knowledge. Don't put more on her she can handle. Always remember, your spirit is stronger than your flesh. And then finally, don't be afraid to sweat and get dirty. In Genesis chapter three, verses seventeen through nineteen, God said unto Adam, Because I was hearkening to the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field in the sweat of thy face. Shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. We see here that work, many times people think work is the curse. Work is not the curse, simply because God actually gave Adam work to do before the curse, didn't he? He had him name all those animals. God put him in the garden to dress it and keep it. But the curse was sweat. Now, it's not going to be as easy for you as it was. Before things grew and you didn't have any problems, it took very little to take care of it. But now, you're going to have things working against you. And you're going to have to sweat. You're going to get really tired. And while sweat is a curse, you know what? It's not. It won't kill us. And it's amazing how many guys out there today are afraid to sweat. They're not willing to work a job that gets physical or a job where they have to sweat. I know women that work jobs where they have to sweat. And I've known many personally that have worked these jobs where they have to sweat while they're pregnant. And if you ask me, they're getting both curses. They have the curse of the pain and childbearing that comes from that. And then they got the sweat to provide for their family because... The husband's not doing it. I think that's a shame when that happens. As a man, I don't want that to ha- I don't want that to happen to my wife. I'll do I'll do the manual labor. I'll do 
the physical labor. I'm, you know, and ladies work raising kids and stuff. It's hard enough. I mean, it is hard enough. But I'm not going to send them out there, you know, doing some of the jobs that these poor ladies are having to do. It, it's it's ridiculous. It's sad. But let me tell you something. Sweat will not kill you. I've seen young men, teenage boys, that you know, you go and they start working, and man, they start sweating, and they're done. They leave. They'll go hide. I'm telling you, man, I've I've made sure I taught my boys better than that. If they're sweating, they start you know they start complaining. When they were real little, you know they've learned, they've gotten over it. But when they're real little, you know they complain. Hey, sweat's good for you. Sweat's manly. You know, good. You got dirty. That's fine. That's what being a man is. Jason, he was the dirtiest kid you ever saw when he was little. I mean, you could not keep that kid clean. But you know, what? I was like, hey, it's good for him. It's manly. He went to school one time and he was sitting at the table and he's taking a test and all of a sudden somebody looked and was like, he's got ants crawling all over him. He, he had ants crawling all over him. He had one on his head. And I was like, Jason. And it turned out he was at my mom and dad's house and he was playing in an old stump that was full of ants and they were all over him. And he just got a big smile on his face. He thought it was funny. He didn't care. He just, we called him Pigpen all the time when he was little. He'd go outside and he'd just come in covering in dirt. You know what? Nothing wrong with that. That's, that's manly. You know, my girls, they get dirty out there sometimes. But, you know, girls, they tend to worry about it a little more, and that's fine. But if my boys were freaking out over dirt, drop them and give me 20. All right? Because, you know what, they need to get used to it. You're going to have to work with that stuff. And that is life. And let me tell you, male leadership, it's under attack like never before. Many men are being programmed into what Hollywood and the news media want them to be, and that's weak, effeminate sissies that are dominated by women. And let me, that is not how God made us. And, you know, it's time to get back to being men. And on this Father's Day, okay, you know, young, bo- young men in here too that have, are not fathers yet, don't think that being a father is just going and getting a girl pregnant. Being a father is when you get a job, find a wife, marry her, then have a relationship that ends up producing children that you provide for, that you raise, that you train while taking care of them and taking care of your wife. And then, when you wish somebody wishes you a happy Father's Day, then you can accept that. And that ought to be your goal. Do whatever it takes. It is only going to get harder the way society is going. It's only going to get harder to be a good dad. I, I understand the obstacles that we're up against, but you know what? Overcome. That's what we've got to do. And I hope you'll do that. So with that, let's all stand together.